Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Hello, hello, and happy Thursday. Hope that you're happy, healthy, and safe wherever you are today. This hour of conversation is brought to you by Binacqua Brewing, Kids Above All, and European U.S. Car Service. Thank you to our sponsors. Coming up in just a little bit, we'll be joined by by our good friend, Carmen Navarro-Jacone, and a lot of conversations to be had with her. I really want to talk to her as a Cook County, in the Cook County Sheriff's Department, um, about these sheriffs across the state who are saying that they are not going to enforce the new legislation that bans military-style rifles. Uh, whatever language it is that you need us to use, those those weapons, the ones that have been banned uh, and or need to be registered, I uh, want to talk to her about that, uh, having law enforcement decide to pick and choose which laws they will enforce. So I'm curious about that. I know there's a lot of news. I feel like this is a heavy news week, but I want to talk about something that Hannah uh, Chavez talked to, uh, to uh, Tony and Joan about, which was a space for young women and girls, and, and maybe Maybe just in general, anytime throughout our lives, maybe we need to go away somewhere and, for men, too. I, I, I don't come from that perspective, but I will tell you, I didn't go to an arts camp. But when I was uh, a Girl Scout, I went to camp for five summers and I, I agree with Hannah 100 percent that um, it really helped me blossom, find my voice. And yes, I, I, I think you would not be surprised to find I got loud. I got bold. And uh, I, I, I got a lot of courage. And I was also in, in this community. I had a really close friend uh, named Susie who also helped me come out of my shell in many ways. She sought me out one day. We were in first grade and and Susie was loud and bold and and uh, funny. And uh, and she hates when I talk about her this way. But Susie was one of the first people that I had been around that um, just I, I could laugh at things. And, we, we you know, we had the kind of friendship where you started you didn't even know what you started laughing about. But it just kind of built and built till you're on the floor just laughing. And then when I went to Girl Scout camp uh, when I was nine years old, man, I mean, a whole new world for me. And I don't know. I mean, I wasn't aware at the time that I was self-conscious around boys or maybe being in a classroom or the way we treat girls in, in those environments. But being away, being in nature, spending, you know, night after night in a tent with other girls. And like my eyes were just opened up to the experiences of girls from different communities, from Park Ridge to Cabrini green from my neighborhood in Jefferson Park to girls that were from Wisconsin. Uh, it was incredible. So if you have the opportunity to, if you know somebody and they're thinking about sending their kids to a camp, and I and look, every, not all camps are built the same. I'm excited to find out next month. We're going to talk to our friends from Camp Kubagani uh, and find out the programs that they have because I just really, if you have a kid that is uh, inclined to do so, send them away. I, I mean, I just, I, I came home after the first two weeks and I, I cried on the bus the entire way home. I came home for a couple of days and begged my mother, and she sent me back for the rest of the summer. I went to sailing camp, horseback riding camp, art camp. Uh, I became a counselor in training. The sad thing is I stopped going to Girl Scout camp, uh, probably po- partly for boys, but also because I really, I really wanted a car. So... The uh, the pay that the counselors were getting at Camp Juniper Knoll in uh, East Troy, Wisconsin, was not going to be enough to buy a car. So that was I, I didn't uh, go to camp anymore after that. But it is the uh, 
when I, you know, when you meditate and they say, you know, think of a time when you felt most uh, at peace or in your skin and, and, and you most yourself, I always think of Lake Pleasant in East Troy floating on my back um, and just uh, in the sunshine and feeling safe and powerful. So I want to, th- I love that conversation with uh, Tony Fitzpatrick, Hannah and, uh, and Joan. It just, it reminded me of a lot of, a lot of things. Uh, so back to the stories in the news, uh, man, there's just, there's just so much. Okay. Um, I, I don't even know where to begin. I, uh, okay, fine. Uh, Biden has again, uh, has, is talking about how he has papers. They were first some in an office in DC, then in his private library, some in, in a garage. Uh, again, uh, once discovered, they were handed over. No, no obstruction, no fighting, no saying that, uh, you know, they were mine. I, I had the right, every right to take them. Uh, no changing stories. No uh, trying to thwart the efforts of law enforcement. So n- not great. I will I will agree, uh, in, considering everything that's going on. However, I am glad to hear that apparently conservatives think that uh, you shouldn't have classified documents. All right. Apparently there's something we can agree on. Guess what? The president agrees to. He said, I have them. I should not. Here they are. So it doesn't, I don't know, a lot of people going back and forth about Merrick Garland announcing uh, a special counsel uh, so quickly when it took him so long to do so with uh, with Donald Trump. Tomorrow we will talk to Renato Mariotti. So uh, I know that Renato is going to have a lot of thoughts on that uh, because man, people are just really hating on Merrick Garland. I, I guess I'm one of those people that's... Um, uh, I just, I, I know we kept getting our hopes up every once in a while when we would hear about these investigations, and not just investigations, when we would just see Donald Trump blatantly do horrible things and think, well, surely that's outside the bounds of what's acceptable, both uh, culturally and legally, right? His kids making money, uh, all the, you know, have paying, making his, the, the government pay for uh, his trips to Mar-a-Lago and, and uh, the the Secret Service having to be like all the different things, the the amount of money that was spent uh, on that family, like a lot of those things were like, well, surely the conservatives will say that this is ridiculous. No, um, it, it nothing ever sticks when it comes to conservatives. That's and that's the difference, right? When Al Franken had allegations about women saying that he touched me inappropriately, uh, this picture of uh, on this comedy tour, which we've never really talked about. Um, if you remember, Al Franken was on a comedy tour. I can't remember the name of the woman who eventually shared the pictures. A very conservative woman. Who, uh, they were touring with the USO, performing for the military, and uh, and, and there's a picture of where she she's sleeping, and he pretends like he's got his hands like going towards her, right? And as a comedian, uh, that was the, that, and and they, there's video of her later going out and humping the leg of another comic, of a guy comic, right? Um, and I can't remember, I feel like it was Robin Williams, but I feel it was somebody. But they, she went out there and she's like, so it was a very, it seems as though it was a sexualized uh, environment. And as a stand-up comic, I have been in those environments. I have participated in some of the language, some of the physicality. There's a picture of me uh, backstage in Indianapolis at the Marat Theater. And I didn't know that, so I was I was on a stool with a band. It was a Pork Pistols. And, and again, we're very, we were very rowdy. We talked a lot of adult conversation on and off stage. And I didn't realize that one of the comics, one of the performers, was doing a gesture that 
that is really gross until I saw the photo. And it was so he was to the side of me and it was it was uh, I don't know how to describe this this hand gesture, but it's um, the first one is in the pink. So that's I'm just going to leave it there. And that's a lot right there. But I didn't know. And and I kind of felt gross afterwards. But it's been, what, six or seven years. I'm telling you it was in the with the pork pistols. Um, I didn't feel great about it, but I wouldn't want to end someone's career over it and hold that over them and act as though they needed to. uh, If I, I, I you know what? I'm pretty sure if I pointed out to that comic personally, if I reached out to them and said, hey, you know, this has been bothering me for a long time. Just want to let you know I didn't appreciate that you did that. I I would start there. But anyway, neither here nor there, because after that photo came out, there were women who said that when they took photos with Al Franken, they felt uncomfortable that he slid their hand down. And rather than there being an invest, and I I believe women, if they felt uncomfortable, if they felt like he was rubbing them a little too long or sliding their hand down, ew, 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 ew. I've been in those situations, too. Uh, I love the way Keanu Reeves poses. Have you ever seen this lady be where he he always has his hand open and out away from people? He has it away from them. Um, that's helpful, folks. If you, I, I remember when I was working at WGN, John Williams was like, is this really a thing? Are women really uncomfortable when we pose with them? And now I have to worry about where I put my hand. Like, it was so funny to me that he was like, oh, here's another thing I have to worry about. But the thing was that women have been quiet for decades, for centuries. Now we're saying something and you're uncomfortable with it. Boo hoo is all I got to say. Yeah, sometimes we don't. We, we have just put up with it. And when it rises to the surface, we come out and we go, OK, good. I'm not the only one. I'm not crazy. Now, I don't care what you say. I know right in their head they're like, oh, Patty's a little bit. Eh, not about this. But Al Franken, the party demanded, the leaders of the party demanded that he resign. And when I called Dick Durbin's office, because I was angry, um, one of his aides said, well, you know, we can't hold them accountable if we don't hold ourselves accountable. Well, guess what? Look at George Santos. Look at this guy lying about everything. Even the Republicans in New York are saying in the, this party in NASA, they're, they're saying that he should resign. And they're they're like, nah, we don't know. He's just, nah, we didn't, he's here now. We'll just see how it all works out. I mean, a couple of them are. But no, this is it's not even <laughs> it's so infuriating. Uh, and, it's, and, and I look, I hate when they go into the what about too. But I'm saying, what about the time we had to do something? Now, what about that? Oh, man, I'm fired up a little bit. See, I'm feeling a little better today, Lady B. Let's take a uh, uh, let's take a quick break here. 773-763-9278 is a number to call and join our conversation. I didn't swear in that whole thing, did I, Lady B? No, good. She's like, no, I, I had the button ready, too. 773-763-9278 is a number to call and join our conversation. And if you text us, uh, we want to thank our friends from Camp Kubagani for text, for sponsoring our text screen. Uh, it is uh, a child's summer of empowerment, cha- challenge, and fun. Visit multiculturalcamp.com. And, oh, and as Joan said uh, before she left today, uh, f- let us know what you want us to ask the mayoral candidates. That is coming up on January 26th. Make sure you're following us on our WCPT Facebook page to find out how you can win tickets and join us that day. Uh, excited to uh, have conversations with the candidates and learn more. Oh, that's another story. Whew, let's come back and talk about the mayor, too. Um, all right. So much to talk about. I'm glad you guys are here. Stephanie Miller. I love the uh, shade that you throw on Twitter. Um, You said red wave. Oh, wait. (laughs) 
<laughs> Trump uh, uh, turns out the majority of voters don't want extreme unqualified candidates who kowtow to Trump. I mean, you know, Herschel Walker is the latest. I just love Nick Adams. Is, he identifies himself as an alpha male. Um, he said Herschel Walker is going to shock the world tonight. And you just tweeted back, nope. Stephanie Miller, weekday mornings, 8 to 11 on WCPT 820. Chicago's progressive talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Manaqua Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of every can of Choice Hard Seltzer you buy goes to reproductive rights organizations in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer this summer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Dino's Cardinal Liquors in Gurney, Illinois, and Sugar Beet Food Co-op in Oak Park, as well as in Chicago at Jarvis Square Tavern, Rogers Park, and Garfield's Beverage Express Wicker Park. Please drink responsibly. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now at 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. Like I said, there is a lot going on to talk about today. Uh, from the, Our texter from the 541 uh, says, If you think the way Donald Trump stole classified and top secret documents and thousands of records is the same as Joe Biden holding on to a handful of classified records, then they should both be in prison. Yeah, I don't think they are. It's not the same. See? Um, the... the <laughs> uh, no, I don't think it is the same. And the only they only wanted Santos for his vote for McCarthy. Exactly. Thank you, Todd. I agree a hundred percent. What happened to Al Franken was nothing compared to this guy. They drummed Al out without a fight. Exactly. Yeah, I'm telling you. Like, just stop rolling over, Dems. I get it. We don't want to. We don't want to be the the gross uh, face that the Republicans often put forward. Look, I I just I can't. I mean, what I'm seeing, uh, you know, voting. Say, and the lies that they're putting out there, we have, we're defunding the IRS and, and not hiring 87,000 agents. One, you don't have the power to do that. Two, there, we didn't hire 87,000 agents. It was funding that has already been passed. It's done. Done and dusted. And that's over 10 years. And not just IRS agents, people that, that make the buildings run, janitors and support crew and maintenance and all those things. So that's crazy. Then, and then they, uh, there's an, and I'm only catching a little bit about this, um, the uh, vote against uh, women's uh, women's health, protecting women's health, and this move in different places to do everything medically possible if a fetus support, survives an abortion. So it, this isn't even a, it, it, like these are people who don't have any understanding of medicine whatsoever. There was a, a great uh, graph uh, published today. I think. You can follow. Let me see who put it up there on Twitter. But someone put up a, a graph of the support for abortion compared to pre Roe v. Wade and now. And the the amount of white evangelicals that supported abortion in 1972 and Democrats that supported abortion were only apart by about two percentage points. Now, uh, the support for abortion amongst Democrats has risen. By eight points, eight percentage, and amongst white evangelicals, it has dropped by fourteen percent. What's the difference? The difference was the the incredibly forceful, heavily monetized media blitz and manipulation by church groups, by people like Phyllis Schlafly, uh, by all these groups that wanted to, uh, and Republicans who wanted to garner that to harness that force, but between the 
and the the racial strife, you know, saying it was black people's fault that things were going downhill, that it was women who wanted to have abortions, that it was uh, people who want to take your guns. Like all those things are around the same time in order to solidify the power of the GOP. And they have played the long game. Uh, somebody the other day was say, told me that, uh, again, on Twitter, saying that, hey, take a breath just because of the Republicans in the House voted against supporting women's health doesn't mean they're going to do anything. That's what we said over. Over and over again, when we had nominees for the Supreme Court, like Coney Island and Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, all of them actually, but all of them said that Roe v. Wade was settled law of the land. In one way or another, they said that they basically or led us to believe that they weren't going to touch it. And here we are. Here we are with women who are carrying around dead fetuses for months because they cannot get procedures at a hospital that can save their lives and help them be able to have a baby, a healthy baby later on. And then guns. Let's talk about guns. Brian from Kankakee, what's on your mind, Brian? Well, I want to talk about guns. Yes. Uh, I have one of those sheriffs who uh, was on the radio today saying, oh, don't worry. We're not going to enforce the law, uh, the the assault weapon ban. We're not going to arrest any, quote unquote, honest Kankakee citizens. Yeah. Yeah. What is I mean? What I want to. Go ahead. uh, Patty, what I want to say, this is very important is that this is nothing new. That uh, Here's a message to you people in the Chicago bubble. Pritzker lost control of the state about three years ago. There's been an open rebellion, open insurrection, and they've won. They only enforce the laws yep. they agree with. This has been going on. Yep. The, uh, COVID restrictions. After August of uh, 2020, there were no COVID restrictions here. The restaurants were already closed that fall when we had that horrible outbreak. Our mayor said, nobody has to close. All the bars, all the restaurants, all the businesses, mask mandates in schools, schools here openly defied it. And Pritzker let them get away with it. They see him as a powerless buffoon, and that's what he acts like. He has there have never been any repercussions for everybody in the state that has defied the rule of law. It's null and void. It's null and void. Yeah, they they just they pick and choose, and then and then and then we're supposed to comply with anything else that they decide is the one they want to enforce, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and um, it, it, it's I'm living in Texas, and I've been living in Texas for about the past three years. It's the wild, wild west, uh. and I blame Pritzker for not cracking down. Hmm. We we Democrats downstate are very upset with Pritzker. This is just the latest iteration of the powerlessness of our governor, who acts like a powerless buffoon. Interesting. And enough. Is enough. Interesting. And you know, I wonder how much of it is. Yeah, I don't know why we don't. Why we act as though you know the laws that we pass are are going to be enforced in, in areas like that. Um, if there's if there's no teeth, if there's no backing for it, because the legislators, the electeds, uh, tend to be Republicans. Yeah, right? all the local officials are right wing Republicans, and they have control of the state, and they decide what the rule of law is. Not the governor, not the laws that are passed in Springfield. It's an open insurrection, and the insurrectionists have won. Do you know? And again, a lot of this is the fault of Pritzker. Do you know how about uh, access to to abortion care in that area? Uh, I believe there is, but I, I don't right. know specifically. Right, it's not your, it's not the bar by which you measure all that. Right, it, it is. I mean, you feel you feel in danger with the fact that the electeds and the law enforcement aren't going to enforce laws that would keep people safe, like the COVID 
restrictions and now with with the gun with the gun legislation, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I, you know, I'll and, try to... and mask mandates and and you name it. And do you, uh, do you happen to know who your electeds are? Because I know you used to have a Democrat, but she lost a couple of years ago uh, in the House. Uh, do you remember there was a woman who uh, she was great, but uh, they they blasted her. For, she got caught playing like uh, Candy Crush on the floor of the House, and that was something they uh-huh. used to beat her up with. You've got believe me, I know you got a lot of a lot of doodles in your area. Um, a lot of people who are it, it is a wild west. I'm not I'm not at all surprised. I know that there there's one guy who like is constantly. Uh, going after people on the the city board who are anybody who's a Democrat, they just are constantly harassing them, is what I understand. Yeah, well, we do have a Democrat state senator, uh, Patrick Joyce. Okay, so, so maybe we have a Republican representative. Maybe I, I should get uh, Patrick Joyce on sometime to talk to him about that and see if uh, if he's got some thoughts on how we can you know make inroads in other parts of the state where laws have been passed and no one wants to enforce them. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think it would be good. I, I have a feeling he'd be afraid to come on. But no, uh, if he's a Democrat, he wouldn't. He shouldn't. Yeah, I'll, I'll well, reach out. But you have you have to understand that the Democrats here are not like Democrats in Chicago. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I believe that too. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. All right. Thank you so much, Brian. I, I uh, I'll look into it and, and I look forward to hearing from you again. Okay. Okay, thank you so much, too. Take care. Of course. Uh, let's see who we got next. we got, uh, let's go to James. Wants to go back to, we were, t- we were talking a little bit ago about uh, Al Franken, how he was drummed out of the uh, out of office by Democrats. Hey, James, what's on your mind? Hey, Patty. Well, I guess two things. Boy, yeah, I did want to mention, you know, you had mentioned Al Franken. He was one of the original Air America hosts. They were incredible. I, I, I credit them with helping a lot to get President Obama elected, you know, and, and Rachel Maddow. Tom Hartman uh, and Al Franken. That was the lineup on it. Original Air America. It was unbelievable. And then, then uh, some other hosts. Uh, and but anyway, my, I guess I'm a little bit shook, shaken because that last call was unbelievable, isn't it? You know, if well, you live in our area and, and we we think the way we do, and we now we're thinking that downstate is a completely different than than what we imagine. And uh, that, that was just why I just had a minor point about how I thought the difference between a, a typical, you know, your your central casting Democrat, central casting Republican is that, right. uh, you know, the Republican, the, the Democrat has more of a conscience. You know, we feel bad even if nobody saw us do a bad thing, you know, uh, I think is a big difference there. But anyway, I'm blown away by thinking that, uh, you know, that it's a wild it's a different deal, and what a great call that guy is. I kind of been texting you guys the last couple of days, ripping you, you know, for the same three dudes. I won't mention their names. Everybody probably knows who they are. You know that you got to listen to them talk ad nauseum every day. But that last caller was unbelievable, man. That was uh, that's interesting. Now, uh, you know, I, I don't know. That, that that's in. But anyway, thanks. There, for, of course, thanks and there's one. Time uh, oh and, no, my pleasure. And, and there's one listener, Todd, who says that Pritz, Pritzker is not a buffoon. If it was the last, it was the last guy. Yeah, Rauner was terrible. Go ahead. What, 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 what were you going to say, James? Oh, okay. Yeah, because you know, I am a big. I mean, uh, you know, he's not going to shake me on the governor. I'm a big fan. I believe in him. But but it's just you know, I, I could, do believe he might. What 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 he's saying might be true down there, right? Right. I, I hear his frustration. I think that he's you know he wants he wants to be heard and and uh, and and if you're living in it, then it does seem as though the the governor isn't doing what it, everybody else is, might be benefiting from in more democratic areas. Hey, now that I have you on, let, sure. let me give you my key issue. Could I? You of know, course. This is really, and I know there's so many important things. 
and, and you know, and I say this because you know, you as a comedian, I, I respect you a lot. I, I love you as a family person and, and an entertainer. And, and I'm a I'm a songwriter, have been my whole life, you know, musician. And 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 you know, I'm a grateful uh, dad of two incredible sons that, that are now married, have their own homes, and started their own families, and a wife of over thirty years. But anyway, I see that as having to, having given to Caesar all that was Caesar's. When really, I'm a musical artist. Okay, and what I'm getting to is. You know, the threat on Social Security, I got to tell you, my whole life, Patty, I, I worked in the business world to support myself and my family and my art. And when I found out that, you know, that I got a Social Security check, you know, it brought a tear to my eye because that really, frankly, in my adult life, other than COVID relief that we got, first penny any of my, you know, fellow Americans offered to me, you know, uh, and, and again, it's, I put in as a, and you would know, as a comedian, as an independent contractor, I'm, I'm near 80% contribution to my social security yep. over the course of my life. And, you know, and, and, you know, a lot of people are 50%. And, uh, and, and, I, and so for that to be threatened to me and it, and don't get me wrong now, it's, you know, I'm so grateful. My wife and I worked so hard together. It wouldn't be all that I have. You know, so I wouldn't be destitute if, if, if it wasn't there. But for a lot of people, from what I understand, it is all they have to retire on. So that's one thing. And the other thing, I guess I'll stretch this out, too. Maybe this is getting too far, but I do want to make the link. I wrote to, you know, uh, that both senators and my congressman, Raja, uh, that I feel strongly enough about that, that I feel that any cut in Social Security and Medicare should be met with an equal cut in public pensions, public sector pensions. And, Patty, I don't think most people understand the difference between your, your private retirement account and a public sector pension. In other words, I'll just give you an example. People like examples of individuals. And, and, and I know this is generalizing, but this is true. I say Joe. He works for your suburb, you know, full-time. He goes around, he empties the garbage cans at the parks, the, the dog poop, picks up the roadkill, does whatever they need him to do, clean up the park, and there's nothing wrong with that noble, noble job. He, you know, he'll make maybe 50 to 75 G's at his peak as doing that, and he will retire with that full amount or close to that full amount per year for the rest of his life, benefit of us taxpayers. If you look on your tax bill, property tax bill, behind schools, which is number one, the number two contribution you're making is to public pensions in your community. So to think that they would cut, you know, my 20 G's a year that I worked all my life for without even thinking about cutting everybody. And, you know, there's even the argument that, hey, is this not what causes public employees to rather than be as good as possible because that might ruffle some feathers to just fly under the radar and make it to retirement and get that big piece like that? Um, you know, so to think of cutting my my minor Social Security and not even looking at that, you know, but bottom line, don't cut that. Don't cut any of them. But, you know, I'm making that, that link, and I wrote to the two senators and the congressmen and said, hey, you know, if there's going to be cutting Social Security, there should be legislation that there's equal cuts in public sector pensions. And I hope people understand the difference between their retirement account, where they contribute most of it, and their employer contributes a little to a public sector pension, where maybe they contribute a little. I don't know the specifics of that because I've never worked that way. I'm an independent contractor to the core. Uh, but I do know that they get a huge, you know, it, uh, you know, it's not 
close to it the rest of their life, courtesy of the taxpayers. And in some cases, they're even passed along to spouses. Yeah, no, the thing is that, like in Illinois, part of the big problem was, I think it was manageable, the agreement that we had, because this goes all the way, the problem with our pensions actually goes back all the way to the 1930s and the way that they structured it. And then in the 1980s, they, they chose to go in a different direction on how to, how to fund it. And then they started borrowing, like they didn't pay into it. They weren't paying it. And then they weren't, like they basically took out a credit card with the public pensions of Illinois and didn't read the fine print of what it was, how that was going to accelerate our debt. And that was a problem that we got into and was amplified by the budget impasse that we had during Governor Rauner, although it's been a problem for quite a while. And it's not even one party because Thompson, Eg- Edgar, Blagojevich, you know, both sides were really being, they kept saying kick the, kicking the can to the, down the field, and then we ran out of field, right? So, and, and they, they tried to legislate to, in order to change the way in which we funded the pensions, and that, I believe, was in contradiction to our Constitution. They weren't able to do that. But so if was, I could, yeah. excuse me one second, if sure. I could interrupt you, you're talking about two different things. You are talking about, like, say, an Illinois public employee. I'm talking about everybody, you know, uh, nationwide, uh, where, where, you know, Rick, Ron Johnson and Rick Scott are headlining the effort to try to, you know, oh, yeah. Social Security. To, and this is yeah. what I hope people, you know, I, I Patty, by the way, the, I, I noticed from like, you know, my old aunts, you know, and even when I say old, even older than me, uh, you know, and my mom, a lot of these people, you know, where they're in assisted living, when I mentioned to them about those efforts to, to cut Social Security or be, have them have it voted on every year, their jaws drop like they yeah. never heard that before. Yeah. So how is that not, you know, when you were talking uh, or, or I think, uh, Joan was talking earlier with a gentleman, you know, what's a common issue? And, you know, he was being lighthearted, uh, bringing up the Stacey Abrams saying, yeah, find a, you know, you're both dog lovers. And that's cute and everything. But here, Social Security, you know, to where it, it for, for what, 40, 50 percent of people, it's all they have to retire on. You tell me that's not something that we all have in common, Republicans and Democrats alike, that that cutting that. Is ridiculous with all the money spent in every other way. I kind of explain my case, but but in general for everybody, and I'm fighting for people who would be who would be hurting from it, the cut of Social Security before I would. Thank God by the will of God. But but you know that's an issue that everybody should should be should should be aware of and be thinking about. Uh, and I, and finally, the fact WC. You know when I talk about Air America, I do it kind of that the kind of peacock, as they like to say today, that I've been listening to you guys from day one. I appreciate and that. All this time you gave me, all this time you guys gave me right here was basically all I was asking for. It's yeah. unreal. So thanks. <laughs> My but, pleasure. I'm sorry it took me so long to get over here. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm glad of the work I did somewhere else, but I am so proud to be at the station and work with the people that I do. It's incredible. You should be. You're Thank doing you. unreal, Patty. Thank you. Uh, Good luck to you with your son. Thank you. Hey, you and your sons. And, and, uh, and, uh, you know, yeah, and your husband, you know, God bless you guys, watch over you, like my dad used to say. Oh, I appreciate that. I look forward to talking to you again, my friend. Thank you, Take care, James. Bye. Let's take, a, let's take a break here. We can take your calls when we come back and text us at 773-763-9278. One of our texters, Mirna, brought up a story that I am going to talk to our friend Carmen Navarro-Jacone about. Uh, for the second time, Alderman Derek Curtis is involved in a, uh, in a shooting that when uh, he got hit, he shot himself, and now his daughter in a, in a firearms class. Okay. Let's take a break here. More after this on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal.
Hey, where's Hal Sparks? I'm not sure where he is now, but I know where you can find him Saturdays at 11. He'll be right here on WCPT 820 for the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Because facts matter. You're listening to WCPT 820. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now. At 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Now on WCPT 820. Oh boy, people are fired up. Lady, be take note. Is it usually Thursdays? I, I, you know, I haven't tracked this kind of thing where we get more phone calls and texts, but it is a busy day. A lot of folks texting and calling. Let me get to a couple of texts, of course, sponsored by Camp Kubagani, a Child Summer of Empowerment Challenge, and fun. Go to multiculturalcamp.com. Uh, Beth uh, is talking about, let's see, the pensions are called the defined benefit plans. Oh, this, I think this is, uh, I think she's got a couple, hold on. This, oh, this is going back all day today. Uh, Beth has been busy. Full retirement from active duty in the armed services. Our veterans get 50% of their salary. I seriously doubt most public sector re- re- uh, workers retire above that amount. Um, I think, and I don't want to, I think some do depending on the amount of time that they work, the number of years. If anybody has, a, I don't know if anyone wants to share how much theirs are, but I've heard like 70%, 80% pensions. And then, of course, there are people that work more than one pension-backed job and then can draw on both. There's a lot of, There's a lot of stuff. Uh, a typical multiplier is 2%. So if you work 30 years and you're, oh, I see what you're saying. So yeah, oh, that's a lot of math you just put in there. I'm not, I'm not going to. I, I don't know that it's a, <laughs> I can't speak to that. I know James was mentioning some people uh, retire close to 100%. Um, I don't mean to get, dis- oh, you're not disrespectful. Uh, Todd, you're fine. Thank you very much. I, I, our issues get me and our values get me fired up too. It's all good. Uh, but he does want to push back on uh, one of the other callers that Pritzker is not a buffoon. Yes, I agree with that. Down to brass tacks in Illinois, we should have affordable housing statewide. A hundred percent. I don't, that's something that I wish we really took on more with more, more, I don't know, just fervor, urgency. That's what we need. We need more urgency when it comes to housing, affordable housing. That's beyond uh, beyond question. Uh, and women's choice and statewide gun legislation. And all, the, yeah, a lot of that is being uh, passed, but thanks to J.B. Pritzker. Absolutely. Thank you, Todd. Uh, Big Jim. Uh, I, I'm not talking about cutting anything. I think I think he was asking why are we talking about that? Why do, no one ever talks about that? Uh, he he didn't say if we're going to do this, then do that. I think we're we're all just working this out. And one of the things I, I want to remind people: one, this is not a debate show. So sometimes when someone says something, I don't push back on every single thing. I'm not going to try to convince uh, people of, of something else. We work through our opinions. I'm also developing my. I, it, it, with any luck and work, I will have a long life, and I refuse to be stagnant and leave my feet planted in one idea throughout my entire life. When I was in college, I was very against people burning the flag. Like that was like that made me so angry. I was twenty. I thought it was disrespectful. I thought that you know there were men and women who had, and I still believe you know, and I and I get where some military people are coming from. I don't. I do think it's a First Amendment right now. I think that kneeling, like all those, like I I have I've changed. I've evolved. I've taken new information and conversations in my own life story, and I, and that informs my opinion. And when people uh, want to get. 
ugly about it. Look, I get angry. I get fired up. I use language that maybe people would rather I not use. So I get that too. Uh, and I, you know, tomorrow is another day. Every breath I take is a, is hope for improvement. So that's all I want to say on that. Uh, let's go to uh, Phil. Phil wants to push back on all of us. Hey, Phil. I'm kidding. Hey, Phil, what's on your mind, my friend? Uh, yeah, the guy who called in, calling Pritzker a, bu- a buffoon, uh, it just, um, it, it shocks me. I don't get it. Um, I think he was Pritzker's emotional. not perfect. By right. right. Uh, yeah, but where, where does it, does he need medication? Where does it's, that anger it's okay. come from? Speaking about Democrats. We had it's, Trump for four years. We had yes. Rauner for four years. And he's screeching about Pritzker like that. I would have been really curious if you should, could have asked him if he voted in 216, because I bet he didn't. I bet he and did. we get what we get, you know. And I do okay. emphasize with him being down south right. and having to live in that. Well, what's Pritzker going to do? Send the National Guard out because the sheriff said he's not going to enforce the law? He's got to break the law first before you do anything. And if he does break the law and gets caught, he'll deal with it. But, I mean, it's this insanity, this binary that the, the Democrats are just as bad as the Republicans if they don't meet this purity test somebody sets up for them is disgusting. And it it, it, it causes us to lose elections. People get dissuaded from voting I think- that long enough. I think, Phil, I think that that one word jumps out for a lot of people that uh, that our listener in Kankakee used. Uh, and so I think that that's shading all of it. I, I would suspect that he did vote for, uh, for you know, in 2016. I would also suspect that he's he's just very frustrated. There are people who are very passionate about, and for whatever reason, maybe for a personal reason, that they're, if they feel vulnerable to violence, gun violence in their lives, right? Or maybe have lost somebody. We don't know the whole story of, in, of the word that he used. In Kankakee, I, yeah, in Kankakee, I would bet. He, he he is, but I mean, you know, you can't do the what? What he offers no solution though. What's and, the solution? Well, that's what are you why. Do bring the national guard in. That was why I said I, I want mean, to talk to. And, that's why I said I want to talk to his legislator, so to find out and let and let his legislator know that there are people who feel as though those laws are not being enforced. He's also on the day that a lot of sheriffs are saying they're not going to enforce these laws. He's he's very upset about that. And look, I get Republicans a call and are very upset in use language, and I try to be patient with them too, not not too much, but uh, but I think that's I'm I'm thinking that's where he's coming from. So in the meantime, though, he's literally bashing Democrats and being dishonest about it. Which just infuriates me. I mean, again, you keep perpetrating that message, you know, um, calling Pritzker a buffoon. Come on, dude. It's a little hyperbolic there. You know, I mean, we lose elections that way. Just, yeah, That's I mean, fair. That's fair. We do. Be mature about it. Be mature about it. You're in a bad situation. And I do emphasize it with him. I'll say that again. But maybe you need to move. I don't know. You know, I mean, I've been in southern Illinois a lot, and it's a different world down there. And I would say at this time, uh, with this whole uh, MAGA thing going on, if you live in southern Illinois in certain areas, you don't even want to admit you voted Democrat because, you know, you'd have to watch your back really well. They, 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 They... you know, Look. Trump gave them a green light to feel they can do whatever they want, which is why the sheriffs are stating they're not going to enforce the law. Look, I live in a community that is uh, that went for Trump over 51 percent in the in 2016 and about 49 percent in the last election. I'm, and huh? Yeah. In Chicago. I, I'm not far from you. I'm yeah. just a little I, I know where you're at. And I, I'm right by Gladstone Park, as a matter of fact. Yeah. 
Yeah, so you know, I mean, like, when I put up my, in this house, we believe, you know, I marched with Black Lives Matter. I lost friends when I marched. Uh, and, and, you know, some of my, my friends who are on the police force, like, would message me and, and say, like, you know, do you see those signs behind you? And do you agree with them? And, and, and I'm like, look, I'm here for one purpose, and you know who I am. You know who I am in my heart. Uh, and and yeah. we're okay. But other friends I lost, I put up a sign in front of my house. I, I put up a pride flag. And there are people in this community that you know. They get their houses vandalized. Yeah. And, and it, it's not it's not easy. It's not it's 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 rough. Exactly. Yep. My area is fit when in two sixteen it was fifty three percent Hillary, forty one percent Trump. You would never know it though, because the Trump people are so loud and obnoxious about being Trump supporters. I know, they always seem to outnumber. It's a cult because you know it's a cult. Saying? Yeah. It, we're not in a cult. Yeah, they yeah. literally are a cult, and I hate when I when I say they're a cult. And people go, "Well, people say that." No, no. I work with them. I, I have relatives. I live surrounded by them. They're a cult. They they ignore evidence. When you ignore evidence, you know that 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 is literally that definition of being in a cult. You will ignore. Factual presented evidence in favor of, you know, and instead believe whatever the leader says. It's just, and like I said, in 2016, I warned everybody we were going to have a horrible time because if Trump won, I don't care if you were a Sanders supporter, it's not binary. I mean, it is binary. I'm sorry. It mm-hmm. is a binary choice when it came down to it. And if you didn't vote and your attitude was, I know a lot of Bernie supporters. I don't care. My guy didn't. Your guy lost the primaries fair and square. Right now, you have to vote against fascism. Basically, if Trump gets right. in there, he's going to appoint judge after judge after judge. Which he did. And look yeah. what happened. Roe versus Wade got overturned. And now they're crying about that. The same people that this vote are crying about it as if something, you know, the, the Democrats could have stopped it somehow. It's just insanity. There is, I, I keep saying it over and over, there is much of a threat to democracy as the maggot, as the ma- I don't want to say maggot, but maggots are. Hmm, I agree. It, it's just, you know, I mean, these people need to wake up, man. It's We, we don't have a three-party system. We never will. All no. four parties do. It's hand the election over to the Republicans every time. You look at the history. You don't have one third party that's ever won. You know, you want to go to a parliament? Well, we'd have more problems with that than we do now. Well, and I, I again, I uh, coming back, you know, with the idea that, you know, with Trumpers, you, you can't say anything. I mean, they they elevate Trump to this level of, uh, you know, some deity or something. I, I don't even. And, yeah. yeah. But but that's the thing is that we don't do that. And so maybe sometimes someone uses a language we don't like about uh, Pritzker or Biden. It's because we're not in a cult. And we we, uh, we often act from emotion sometimes. Well, I said often and sometimes. But, you know, I think that's where he's coming from. And some, it's it's a a lot. I, I think that our friend in Kankakee has uh, has definitely ignited a conversation, so I appreciate it. Phil, my neighbor, by the way, uh, you know we have an aldermanic yeah. uh, forum coming up on February 2nd, by the way. You should uh, come up. There's, there's like five people running. I'm going to look into this. Yeah. I yeah. wanted to say real quick, too, I did text you uh, one of the mass, I think the Ovalde mass occur. I asked you to talk to CPT and have them not play upbeat, happy music. Uh, for their bumpers and their brakes and whatnot, and you actually listened to me and stopped doing that and sent me a text back that it was a good idea, and I wanted yep. to let you know I do appreciate that. Absolutely. 
Well, and you know what? To your Thank point, you. someone just said that no one answers texts. Uh, so I'm going to answer that text right now. <laughs> Thank you so much, Phil. It was great oh, talking right. to you. Be well. You too. You have a great night. Do you look forward to talking to you again? Yay. A lot of great calls. Uh, so, uh, well, no one at WCBC answers texts. Yes, I do. But if a, because it, one, uh, it is part of the conversation. It's not everybody can call. Sometimes you're at work or whatever you got to do. Uh, but if a sheriff won't enforce the law, maybe they should be fired with no pension and, and uh, be a guard in a mall in the area or wherever. Uh, so uh, I, I, I will ask our friend from the Cook County Sheriff's Department, uh, Carmen Navarro-Jacone, what her thoughts are on that. And like, what, yeah, what does happen if... if and I'm sure this has happened before where law enforcement just says, I don't like that law. I'm not going to force it. And then it, 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 it's, it's insane. Hey, Judy, what are your thoughts? Hi, my friend. Oh, my goodness. They really <laughs> did hit a nerve today, didn't yes. they? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, I started with Al Franken, and I have about 12 other things which I will have to edit. <laughs> but I was pretty angry about them making Franken go. I, I, I don't want to diminish anybody's feelings. If they felt bad, they felt bad. But we lost a, a good senator because I watched. He did his homework. He read the stuff when it came to him. And, you know, he really approached it very scholastically. And I thought when they made him go, I thought, there's all these other people. I mean, insane Dem- and Republicans that they're leaving there. I hated that. They're leaving their crazy people in. Yep. I know. He's a perfectly good veteran. And Ronner, somebody brought up, I was furious the whole time he was there because I could just feel inside that this was a conversation. He was a, a really strong Republican, and he went to some party meeting and said, I'm going to run, and I'm going to break Illinois, and I'm going to hand Illinois to the Republican Party on a silver platter. Yep. And I, I don't care how I do it. If I will try one thing and the other thing, and if we can't break them, I'm just going to put them out of business by stopping, all you know, the money. And he tried to, but yeah. a couple people broke in, uh, you know, state people and, and a couple downstaters. In fact, my husband ran off a whole list of things for me with the numbers and the the guy the one guy who was the first to break and I know he never ran for anything anymore. He he was yeah. one of those profiles in courage. Yeah. They got a villa in uh, Italy or something, right? Yeah, he killed his career but he went over to the other side to save the state and I called him and thanked him. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get him of course, but I told the lady I said I know I know this probably was rough on on everybody who worked for him, but it was the right thing to do. So, yeah. and the the pensions, aha! My girlfriend was who died just three years ago was a teacher, and she is one of those pension people. But they give up their social security; they don't get it. They opt out. 
Oh, really? So that they... Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. For teachers, they don't opt out. I don't think that they can... I, I remember that... And again, these are things that when I was covering Springfield more closely was explained to me, the percentage that uh, whether it's teachers or firefighters or police officers, the percentages are different for them and what they pay in. Uh, it's lower. Uh, and it's just in order to get the pensions, I think. Yeah, I can't remember what that, what that breaks down to. Yeah, because... And, and she... Um, Margaret was a, a wonderful person, and she had never married. She took care of her sister, who was um, born with, oh, all kinds of things wrong with her. She had a bad heart. She had um, the spinal bifida and a hundred things, and she took care of her till she died. And she did, you know, she did everything right. She bought a house, so she had her own home. And she saved her money. But then she got um, viral meningitis, and she ended up in a wheelchair. Oh. And, uh, and for, it, she was very athletic, so it had to be hard. And, but she told me all about her finances. She was doing well, but that's because she planned it and she took care of it. And I was so afraid when Roger came in that he was just going to rip away her pension. I thought, oh, my God, mm. what will she do in a wheelchair? <laughs> you know, right. she had to pay for a, a keeper, you know, a person to help her. And, um, but, you know, she died a few years ago. It was just, she was doing so well for so long that I kind of thought she was going to stay her life with me, but we lost it. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Lovely person. Mm. It's hard. And, it's here. and I side with Phil. Pritzker is not a buffoon. I made sure I met him, and I like him. I, I wanted to make sure I looked him in the eye and shook his hand and you look, know, just... I, I like him, too. Uh, I have personal, uh, not personal, I, I was disappointed in his choices during my race uh, in supporting someone who chose to weaponize the trauma of rape survivors and homicide survivors. And look, so look, I have my own uh, thoughts as far as that goes. I think that, uh, you know, he went with the party line of supporting incumbents, even if they're appointed. So I maybe have used salty language about Governor Pritzker myself in private. <laughs> so I'm going to give uh, Brian some wide berth in his frustrations. And so Somebody said uh, that Brian said he lives in Texas. I think he meant that it's Texas-like because people can, you know, have their guns and and yeah, have no regard for law. That was the way I understood that. I, I yeah, I don't know. Is he saying he's calling from Texas now? I don't think. No, so. I, I think he meant that he's, he's from Kankakee. Yes, I think he meant so, that it's yeah. Texas-esque. Te- Texas-esque. <laughs> Texas-esque. Yes. Yeah. Well, downstate is pretty Texas-esque. My. And actually comes from a place called Rosa Claire, where the main street goes right down into the Ohio River. You can't get much more southern than that. Right. And yep. they, they, when I was a child, they were walking around with guns. Right. You know, and little kids. It's a different world. Yeah, it's a different world than what it we... It's we, a much different world. We, you know, we have sort of the luxury, uh, and that's not really luxury, but I mean of not knowing what it's like in areas that are more conservative and have neighbors who, uh, and look, I kind of do, but I'm still in the city that is very union based. And, uh, you know, it's, but we're all kind of, 
you know, we're all trying to figure this out. Like I said, uh, I, I give Brian a lot of leeway um, with uh, his emotions and, and wanted to express that. And uh, I know people are responding to that. And, uh, and I do want to talk to his legislator and find out more about his community. And I think we should talk more about uh, people have asked me to spend more time talking about areas outside of Chicago. And I need to do that. So we will reach out yeah, to Patrick Joyce. Absolutely. Although I called an editor down there one time and, and he got really very <laughs> combative with me. Oh, I, th- I think you re- I remember you telling us about this. That was like I know, way when I first started. Me. Yes, I remember that yeah, conversation. I, I, I did not do this on purpose, but I got a little emotional and See? I said with with a tear in my voice, I'm so scared because I was mm-hmm. when when they all came. You know, we had Ronald, we had Trump. Ah, my God, it was awful. And I said, I'm so scared. And he suddenly, re- you know, like put on the brakes and turned because here was a lady crying. <laughs> we must use that more often. There you go. <laughs> Well, I've got to really didn't do it for that. It just happened. Right. I've uh, I've got to run to the to the news and the break. All right. Thank you so and much, I Judy. Can't wait to hear Mrs. Chacon. That would be great. I'm. Uh, oh yeah, she's awesome. I can't wait to get her in studio. She's uh, got stuck behind an accident, so hopefully, hopefully, she'll be here soon. Oh, okay. Yep. Talk to you. Talk to you soon, Judy. Talk to you later. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Bye bye. Let's take a break here, and uh, we'll take. We'll take your calls and your texts when we come back as well. And hopefully we'll have uh, Carmen Nervarjacone in studio. Whew! Phone lines and the text screen. I love it today. 773-763-9278 is the number to call and join our conversation. And, um, you know, if you want to fire people up, let's do it. This is WCPT 820, where facts matter. Vasquez is taking your calls now. At 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Now on WCPT 820. The phone lines have been firing up today and the text screen as well. Uh, 541. (laughs) I guess when I said it's okay if you use salty language, they were like, okay, I'm using salty language. Uh, Uh, Hey, keeps things colorful for me. Uh, Dave in Hoffman Estates. Hey, Dave, what's on your mind? Uh, Today, I'm... The about um, with Kevin McCarthy being you know that speaker now it's going to be bad news for some retirees because of the the concessions that uh, he made to secure that seat. The report yeah. that uh, the concessions are related to entitlement programs like the Medicare and Social Security, which the Republicans you know, as you know have waged a war against for for decades and. And then also to win holdouts in that House Freedom Caucus, he struck a series of concessions that include opening debate on spending bills and vows not to raise the debt limit without cuts to the likes of Social Security and Medicare. Right. So it's like, thank God right now we have a Democratic Senate, but, uh, you know, they're going to keep chipping away, chipping away at this some more, just like they did with Roe Roe v. Wade. And eventually they're going to get a Republican Senate, you know, one day. 
Well, if the trend of younger voters continues and grows, actually, I think that we I don't know that that's necessarily a done deal that they will. Uh, we'll see. how. I mean, we have to keep fighting. We have to keep pushing back. We have to keep holding the line right now in the House. What he did, what he's agreed to is tying the debt ceiling to spending cuts, meaning if they're going to if they're going to lift the debt ceiling, they have to cut the spending. And uh, which means that would be Social Security, Medicare programs that a lot of people rely on. Uh, and our life saving. When you invest in people, you save lives. Bottom line. Great. Then you go to the doctors and stuff like that. You know, there won't be as many nurses or whatever and stuff like that there to to take you, or they may not. You know, add new patients. You know, with that. right. So, and um, the um, yeah, and I told you last night before. <laughs> got off, you know, in the thing with the president. Remember I said, let's pray that they don't find another, you know, uh, document. Oh, I know. Find I, this mo- yeah. Find out this morning they get another one. I know. I know. You know, it's like... It's, again, it's the obstruction that's also a big problem. It's not great. And, not, you know, it's uh, unfortunate timing, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I've said to you, too, that the that I think I had in that text or whatever, that the fact that, you know, we had him against the ropes, you know, right. we had Trump against the ropes. And now this, because you know this is going to be their thing for impeachment, you know, because, you know, they hell, they did uh, Bill Clinton just for lying about sex. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. For And for, yeah. And here's the thing about the, uh, the documents is, you know, we didn't go to the, like I said, the... Uh, obstruction. We didn't go to. He had every right to have it. Can you imagine if we were like, yeah? So what? So he did it. You know, we didn't do that. So we. Uh, it'll. It'll. It'll all come out in the wash, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I did read too, though, that he didn't hand over the first batch of documents till after the midterm election in November. So right. So I mean, I won't put a halo on him and no, I'm the same. No, but, he's. Uh, before I go, I wanted to t- ask you about this one the other day, but we've had so many other important. In my Sunday paper, you had about lame ducks, state lawmakers vote themselves a 16% raise. Okay, this is what I'm really angry about today, by the way. So, yes, so the state legislators of Illinois voted a 17, 16% pay raise. So they go from about $69,000 a year to about $85,000 a year, and they will get a cost of living increase that's automatic every year in July. Now, the thing that bothers me today is I got a letter from uh, uh, an organization that was fighting to increase spending for caregivers for people with disabilities, and it failed in the the Senate. It passed in the House, and including my own senator voted against it, Senator Robert Martwick, and I'd like, I want some answers about why they voted for a pay raise for themselves and not for caregivers when we are in a crisis for frontline workers. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not crazy yeah, about that. One. And there are people that I admire that didn't vote at all. And I'm wondering why some Dems didn't vote for that. Uh, yeah, they, they were already out of town. They had left. You know, they had snuck this one in on a yep. Friday night just before leaving. And, that. and also, it's quite profitable if you're in a 
more of a leadership too. You get another extra twelve thousand yep. dollars kick on top of that, or and, and then eight thousand if you're a speaker. And and they get to, and look, I get it. You know that we are we're probably in the middle. We're middling when it comes to paying our legislators. Some people like hardly make any money. It's considered a part time job, which it is here. I remember Robert Martwick told me that uh, he's like, you know, if this does come at a cost for me. You know, I lost about two hundred thousand dollars in legal uh, fee. You know, money. Yeah, I know. Lady B just dropped her head like like, like I'm supposed to feel bad about that. That you don't make $600,000 a year. Now you're only making $400,000. Boo-hoo. And he voted against raising the, the money that we spend on caregivers, frontline workers. Yep. Yeah, and the, the thing that gets me is the fact, whatever happened, I thought they were work, supposed to work for us. Wouldn't we be the ones that should have a, a safe Vote how much they make? Raises? I don't know. But that, I don't know. that seems significant. 16%. Yeah. Yeah, especially when most people are, what, maybe getting 4%. Yeah, if usually about what two to four percent. Yeah, if you know, and it was a better year for employment and and you know when they went and raises it. But I think the best I've heard they were getting only around four. You know, and then uh, and, and but I, the owls are supposed to be working for us. So I would have thought you'd have referendums that we tell them that uh, if we think they deserve the raise. You know. Yeah. Well, I think that they know what our answer would be. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> the, the I don't know. You're, you're more. You know, with what's going on down there, what do they only meet like once a month or a couple no, no. times a month? Well, it depends. Special like special. here, look to your question. Like last year when they were when they were all running for office, they adjourned in April, and they usually go until the last day of May. They adjourned early so they could go home and run their races. Uh, they didn't go down to Springfield at all in the spring of the pandemic in uh, 2020, uh, 2021. But in twenty last yeah. year in twenty two they came home early because they had to run their races. Um, yeah, so uh, they go from uh, January through May. Sometimes about three days a week. Sometimes it's five days a week. It depends on what they're trying to work on down there. Um, but yeah, they they work from and then they they have their veto session in the fall for a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, and look, like they're on call. Like, but they're on, and that, uh, and it ended. So you can get to others, but I know you're. In. It ended with process seems to conflict with the open, transparent legislative business plan for, promised by House Speaker Emanuel Chris Welch when he took over two years ago from disgraced Michael Madigan. <laughs> so, anyway, sorry to get you. No, that's all right. You, you got, now you're going to get the texters all fired up again. As a nurse, that offends. Right. No, no, no. Where There's, would you be without me? That's all good. Take care, Dave. Thanks a lot. All right, be well. Have a good one. Uh, two one nine says, as a nurse, that offends me. I want a cost of living raise. Where's mine? And that was that sixteen percent wasn't even a cost of living. That was a that was a raise, just a flat out raise. Uh, cost of living uh, increase. Uh, the colas are, are different uh, adjustments. Uh, so let me take a break here. We get uh, Jim's call when we come back. Hopefully, Carmen can get here. Carmen, we, we miss you. You can give us a call too if you want from the car. More in a moment on WCPT eight twenty Heartland Signal. This hour of radio is brought to you by Banaqua Brewing. Kids above all, and European U.S. Car Service. And I'm your host, Patty Vasquez. We're here till 7. You're listening to WCPT 820, because facts matter. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Manaqua Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like AOC IPA and Bernie Brew, a lovingly irascible Democratic Socialist lager. A percentage of the proceeds of every beer I sell goes to helping keep Wisconsin blue and driving the Trump cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. Now available at Armanetti Wine and Spirits in Woodstock, Illinois, and Famous Liquors in Lombard, as well as in Chicago at ANS Wine and Spirits, Back of the Yards, and Grand and Western Liquors, Ukrainian Village. Please drink responsibly. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now at 
773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. I have been having so much fun with you guys calling in and texting today. Uh, right now we got Jim who's been uh, hanging on for almost an hour. Jim, what's on your mind, my friend? Hi, Patty. I've got a comedy and a tragedy. I'm still laughing out loud. The man, the gentleman who did get smart, I think it was Adams was his last name. Anyway, he's on cabinet. He relates a story where he's a stand-up, one of his first stand-up jobs. His agent gets him a job opening for Mae West. Oh. So, so anyway, he goes to the theater, and she wants to see him. So he goes into the back, and she, she looked like she died in 1922. She, she was 6'3", yeah. had a huge wig and a huge hat on. Anyway, she, he, she said, all right, let's hear your routine. He had about 10 jokes. It was a 10-minute thing, and then it was dinner, and then she came out. And this was the day it was supposed to go. So she took out every punchline. He had to do the nine jokes with no, no punchlines. Yeah, that's the guy. So he gets on the stage. He does the nine jokes. And she, then the waiters come out with the food and all that. She goes out the bed and she goes, I don't have enough car fare to leave her. He's I got to quit this thing and get a regular job. So he's smoking a cigarette, and the musicians come out to have a cigarette, and they go, he goes, oh, that was horrible. He goes, well, don't worry, we'll listen, help you. So he comes in, they roll it. He said, they rolled the joint that looked like it was two pounds, right? So he never smoked pot before. So he takes two or three big puffs off of it. He goes back out there, and he does, he says, ladies and gentlemen, and he can't say anything else because all he can hear is waiters. He's standing yeah. in the thing. He doesn't know what, he doesn't know what he's doing. Ten minutes of that, right? Yeah. And uh, he's going to quit. And he, he, you know, he, I'm done with this job. But anyway, she loved it because she didn't want to be upstaged by a comedian, so she loved it. She said, no, you're hired for the nine months, whatever the routine was. He got paid for the nine months. But it was hysterical. Anyway, That's amazing. Now on the tra- Don Adams, by the way, is the name of the comedian. Yeah, Don Adams. And- he, he, he was hysterical. I mean, just, the story is hysterical. It was at the cavity. He's just, it, I was on the floor. Anyway, uh, the tragedy part uh, is, I listened to the Catholic station today, and, the, and this is on the Republican stations also, and the Protestant stations, and I don't know if the Jewish stations are doing it. But anyway, the shot is deadly. The shot is deadly. Yeah, they're in sudden yeah. death. Yeah. yeah, sudden death from the shot, sudden death from the shot. So the Catholic uh, interceptor on the phone, a doctor called up, a legitimate doctor, said, you know, there's a billion shots, and a couple of billion shots were put out there. So he goes, I don't see any statistics where people are dropping dead all over the place. Well, I don't know about that. I'll have to see about that. I'll right, have to right. get the real stat. Now, this is misinformation, Patty, and I this know. is going to be the it's going to be the death of us. This misinformation nonsense. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, if we can't get reliable information, I know Marjorie Taylor uh, Greene says that she wants know, to have an investigation into uh, people who are just dropping dead all of a sudden, and it's okay. yeah, they want to investigate the the paper boy. Oh, they're they're unreal. But anyway, I just thought you'd appreciate the Don Adams. He was a great story. He was a yep. If you can imagine it. Anyway, Penny, you know you're a busy show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, Jim. Uh, yes, this is a story we haven't gotten to. I know when Car- Carmen's very close. Uh, we, we, we know you're close, Carmen. We look forward to it. And we're going to have to book you again for next week. I don't care what kind of traffic there is next week. Hey, Mirna, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm good, Penny. Thank you. I just wanted to comment about uh, the story about uh, Lori Lightfoot. Yep. Asking for your Chicago public school students to volunteer 
to work her campaign. Yeah. So and for folks, were, let me catch folks up real quick. So Lori Lightfoot's campaign, not her office, her campaign sent out an email to all CPS teachers and, as it turns out, also City of Chicago college teachers saying, we you know, we want you to encourage your students to help reelect Lori Lightfoot in exchange for class credit, which is wrong on so many levels. And today she says it was a mistake. Yeah. So what were your thoughts on, on the story? I think it's ironic that she was fighting against them for the contract when they wanted to renew. And she fought against uh, them because they were concerned about COVID and returning and that having yep. a secure place. And yet she had her, well, her campaign office had no issues with those two things being in the background and acting like nothing ever happened and there that there was no bad blood because of it <laughs> and seeing, well, you know what, that's the past. So, hey, do you guys think you could help her out? Because it seems like maybe she doesn't have enough people volunteering to help her out. That's interesting you say that, by the way, because I, you know, it was really weird and I haven't talked about this. I was at the forum that they had at Access Living on Saturday and I was giving my card. I've, I've interviewed uh, Mayor Lightfoot. She knows me. And uh, she, she, by the way, no, you know, not that I, I hold any bad, hard feelings. I've mentioned this now twice. She was another incumbent who campaigned for uh, the incumbent that I was running against, Lindsay LaPointe. She was phone banking for her and she went door knocking for her. Not just any any doors. <laughs> she went on my block, Mirna. Lindsay brought the mayor to my neighborhood and I was like, we had to go like right afterwards to go to every door and be like, because people were like, oh, well, the mayor showed up. I'm going to put a lawn. I'm like, no. Um, so I, so I, I've interviewed her. We, we know uh, she seemed, she does not have any love for uh, my state senator, Robert Martwick. They have a big battle between them. Uh, she once told me that no one, no one dislikes him more than she does. And I said, ah, I beg to differ. And I gave her my reason. And she said, oh, okay, no, you, you more than me, um, which I'll go into someday. It'll be in the book. But, uh, but so I was giving my card out because I, I, I've, I've had other people from her office on the show. I haven't wanted to necessarily have her on the sh- I just, I don't know what, I, I don't, I don't want to just have a softball, uh, you know, interview with her. But now in the campaign, I'm not like going after anybody else. So I would, I would probably have it be in the same sort of tone. So I was handing out cards to all the campaigns. And there was a woman working for Lord Mayor Lightfoot's campaign. And I said, what's your name? She goes, I'd prefer not to give, share that with you. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah, it was very strange. It was very strange. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was like, okay. All righty then. All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Mir- yeah. So anyway, it, it was, it's a, it, it's a huge ethics violation to have done that, to use her email list uh, in her capacity as mayor. That's why they have access to that list. Uh, her campaign, she gave, uh, someone gave it to her campaign to use uh, that never should have happened. Obviously crosses a lot of lines. Exactly. And that's the odd thing is it, I mean, she, isn't she a lawyer? Doesn't she know about laws like that, 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 that would restrict any kind of use of personal information right. or public use? Like that? And yeah, I mean, there's, some, like, there's so many things that are wrong with it, and yet it was allowed to happen. That's what's weird. Well, it wasn't allowed to happen. Someone just did it. 
um, and it was, and they're going to they're going to be in a lot of trouble. I'm sure that the people. I mean, I would imagine she would fire them from the campaign. Um, yeah, it's a mistake. It's and look, I'm not saying that it's not her fault because if you're the leader, you know that's it's your campaign. You have to take responsibility for that, and and you know, sort of scraping it off on somebody else doesn't necessarily wash for anybody. And, and unfortunately, she has a track record of doing things that you know she wants to put off on somebody else's fault. So uh, that's yeah. Or she could do the daily thing and say, I didn't know. But yeah. she's got to make sure that she raised she did. her voice I, the way daily. I do. think she did today. She had a press conference and said she didn't, uh, that, that someone made a mistake and, and kind of that she didn't know. Oh. Yeah. I, you know, I'm going to start using that every time something happens. I know. We should all do that. I didn't know. You know, instead of, yeah, instead of being called the Windy City, we'll be called the I Didn't Know City. I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. And one last thing, if, if uh, your guest comes in. She is. I think she's at the door. <laughs> I have to let her in. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. If, if these uh, sheriffs are saying, the ones that are saying that they're not going to follow uh, that of uh, the new law, um, if something happens in their areas and they don't do anything, you know, they're not following the law like they're supposed to, I'm just curious, would that make them an accessory? To the crime if someone is shot by someone who had a had one of those weapons illegally oh let me ask so let's, a, let's ask carmen yeah let me get her in here okay. all right she's in? okay yeah i'll get her in a minute all right thanks oh here come on in here she's right here let's, let's ask your question yeah i didn't know you meant in the building i was like i was gonna stop and go open the back door for you i'm like what do you mean you're here can you have that that chair right there because that'll be the best one for the camera i think and just line yourself up like right with that camera carmen's in studio hey Mirna, she's gonna put the headphones on and uh because i'm not sure i understood your question i think you were saying if someone's involved in a crime and the person with the gun had the gun illegally would uh, well, she's not a prosecutor i mean like that carmen works for the cook county sheriff's department i don't know if she knows all the but with the person who was also a part of the crime be prosecuted do you think for the other person having the gun illegally um usually no, when no, no. there's oh wait hold on she, I, oh. I was wrong with the question go ahead okay. go ahead Myrna. no the question is if the sheriffs that are seeing that they're not going to follow through with the new law like they're not they're not going to do their job if if someone is, goes in their area and there's a crime with that type of uh of uh, weapon and they're not if sheriffs, like I so said, they're not they're not following through with the law. Okay, right. There, there's a crime committed, whether it's a, a simple, just like a one-on-one robbery, or if it, there's like a mass shooting. And those sheriffs said publicly that they were not going to follow through with that law. Would that make them an accessory to that crime because they didn't do their job? So you're talking about accountability. Um, and that's something yeah. that the governor really needs to take a look at because the sheriffs are all individually elected. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's the difference that individuals don't understand that when people say law enforcement must do this, law enforcement must do that. The sheriffs are individually elected. So the sheriff of that county can be held accountable, but the attorney general and the governor would have to decide what kind of action they're going to take against any sheriff who's decided that they are not going to enforce this law. Interesting. Yeah. And it's not the first time, even here in Cook County, we had, um, and this isn't the first, we've had other laws that have come across that some sheriffs have decided they're not going to enforce, but they've done it the proper way. Um, they've let the court know 
um, and they've taken a motion up in front of the the court as to why certain things are not going to happen. And then they play it out that way so they can come to some conclusion about what's going to happen. In this instance, they're just flat out saying they're not going to enforce yep. this law, which leaves um, you can't pick and choose. No, you cannot. Yeah, right. yeah. It's, it's maddening. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. I was just curious about. Okay. Thank you, ladies. Thank Bye-bye. you, Myrna. Have a good one. Uh, let's. Uh, all right. Thank you so much. Let me take a break here so that uh, Carmen can settle in. Maybe get a glass of water. Or I'm glad we're on the radio because I look like a train wreck. Stop. Even we're, though I know we're Facebook Live. You look great. No lipstick. That's all. So me neither. Let's take a break here. Carmen Navarro Jacone joins us in studio, former candidate for Cook County Sheriff and uh, current Cook County Sheriff's Department. Oh, no. no cl- cl- clerk of the Courts uh, Officer. Uh, Close I, enough. Okay. Executive clerk for uh, clerk of the circuit court. Yes. That's a lot of words. That is I'll figure lot. it out during the break. More after this on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. We're driving it home till 7. Chicago's Progressive Talk. WCPT 820, where facts matter. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Joining me in studio is Carmen Navarro-Jacone, former candidate for Cook County Sheriff, current executive clerk for the clerk of the courts. Did I get it? You got it all correct. Wow. The name, the title, everything. It's a lot sometimes. I I need a ribbon. Does anybody have a ribbon for me? Hi. So traffic was terrible. It was uh, horrendous. Even just getting on the ramp, then stuck behind an accident, and then it seemed like everyone... Wanted to take their time going home because the weather is nicer, nicer. than it Thank should you. be. I, I know. Guess. Isn't that weird? Because their windows were down. I heard all types of music blasting from different windows. No one seemed to mind the traffic except me, of course, because <laughs> I had somewhere to be. <laughs> well, I messaged you and I was like, what do you want to talk about today? And then uh, you sent me a couple topics. But then I was like, what about Alderman Curtis, who just, as you just mentioned, when you came in, was angry with the mayor. He wasn't sure if he was going to support her because she didn't call him when he shot himself. Correct. When he shot himself in the hand last year. Yeah. I, I don't know if I would call him either because that's kind of embarrassing. Um, it is. And I can see what he means. Like as a friend, yeah, you yes. know, hey, are you OK? I heard you were hurt. I hope everything's OK. I'd call but, him and tease him. If, as long yeah. as, uh, like, once he told me he was OK, I'd be like, what are you doing? How did you shoot yourself? Yeah, but You're, then you fail to mention. I mean, I worked in the sheriff's office for 27 years. We have officers who have accidentally shot themselves while they're cleaning oh their God. firearm, while they're or at the range. So it's stuff that has happened. So I can see one right. time sure. calling and checking to see if someone's okay. But then he failed to mention that he then accidentally shot his daughter in the thigh. And now he just, yeah, this was an A. Uh, he teaches a firearms course. Right. A concealed carry course, which then leads to more questions. Now, concealed carry in that process, um, I know that the state licenses you. Um, I don't think you're required to actually shoot your weapon during that concealed carry. I don't think so. Correct. Yeah. Which is a problem. Um, you should be able, we should be able to know that you can actually handle the firearm. Because in this sense, the person who's supposed to be teaching you. Um, is obviously not very good at it. Yeah, you shouldn't point your gun at something, a loaded gun at something you, 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 you should only point at something you want to shoot. And you should always have your, you shouldn't have your finger on the trigger. I mean, that's how the, I would imagine the firearm gets discharged. Yes. I, I, would, I, I think that's it, how it's it, a negligent discharge, not yeah. an accidental, because you don't accidentally put your finger on the trigger. Yeah. 
<laughs> right? I mean, okay. That's, and I don't mean to laugh. I, I thank I'm God that no okay. one was hurt, and I'm yeah, glad well, everyone's okay. But that goes on to the most ser- the the more serious topic of firearms and safety and everything. It's not trying to take people's rights away. It's making sure that it's safe and um, that it's proper and right. This is an example of that. Well, so the NRA and the folks that are very energetic and passionate about their gun ownership uh, will always point to uh, the Second Amendment that it shall, that right should not be infringed. They always disregard the part that it says well-regulated militia for the the purpose of right. So I, I, then I, I have no problem infringing if, if they consider you know being safe. Plus, we're talking about when this was written. I am so tired of having to bend over backwards for people who want to worship a bunch of white guys who own slaves and didn't think that women had the right to vote. I got to keep doing this over and over again. All right, fine. All right, but then I think that we should have some logic. They, it took them like seven minutes to reload a musket. Yeah, Come on. You, and, and I and I. Th- think that that's the most important part of the conversation that's being missed is that at that time they would not have imagined the kind of firepower that's out there today um specifically made because of the wars we've been in they are yeah for war they're weapons of war um the other thing is that i don't think people are considering and that's why your initial caller because i was listening although i was stuck in traffic the passion in which he expressed his opinion um People need to take the time to listen because not his tone and not necessarily some of the name calling, but some of why he believes what he believes and some of why he was upset is what we need to listen to in order to participate in conversations and eventually get to the same place. We'd have I'd have no problem um, with some of the firepower if I knew that it wasn't even endangering our first responders right as as law enforcement we're not even equipped they are not i have to stop saying we because i am now a civilian i right. get it sure i was reminded over and over again that i am not a law enforcement officer okay um so but they need to clearly they don't have what they need the tools to defend us against that kind of power power so they can't protect themselves and they can't protect us against that kind of firepower they go to doors to do warrants. They don't know if that kind of firepower is on the other side of the door. Mm-hmm. So you hear you hear the NRA and you hear some of these other political people far right. You really don't hear a lot of law enforcement speaking up because they know that that those kind of weapons are pose a danger to them every day. But as law enforcement, they're kind of trapped between okay, we don't want to. You know, and I feel bad for them, so I'm going to speak up. Right. We're not equipped. Law enforcement is not equipped to keep us safe, to protect themselves or the communities against that kind of firepower. And these mass shootings of all day Texas, obviously, I wrote an op ed earlier in the last year about it. Um, that was purchased legally. Yeah. And the and law enforcement knew that they had no way to protect themselves, which is what, part of what, presumably, what? kept them in the hallways. Rather, I mean, that, I mean, you ha- that, watching that footage has got to be absolutely gut-wrenching to see the hesitancy, uh, the manpower, 
that was just on the other side of the door as children were bleeding to death, crying, calling 911, begging for help. And they were right outside the door. And they should not have been placed in that situation. Yes, I get the argument. They they should have reacted. They get trained to go in and stop the threat. I get it. But the reality is that they're human and they're just as afraid and knowing that they had no way of really protecting themselves. Someone was going to go down. Against One that. of them was going to go down. Um, yeah. And that that's that's who's going to be the, the one? reality. Who's yeah. going to be the one? So when you think about it, the, the previous assault, uh, the ban on assault weapons was what, 1994? Mm-hmm. And it ended it in worked. 2004. It, 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 the number of mass shootings went down. And it was I effective. Think, yeah, and they're saying what it tripled, and that came from a different kind of. Um, so you you couple that with the our criminal justice system just not being where it should be right now. Yeah, and it's a recipe for the disaster that we're living in. And it's and it's been fetishized. I mean, like it is just this um, mania of having guns, of stockpiling. Only what is it like? There, there's enough guns. I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but I think forty, maybe forty percent of people own a firearm. But there are more guns than there are people in the United States. Uh, and and it's it, beyond the the, uh, the idea of mass shootings. There's also the accessibility for people who take their own lives. And and we you and I've just talked about this in the last few weeks or law enforcement who are taking their own lives. Uh, there was one week we had three. Unbelievable. Yeah, right? because it's accessible. It's it's there. It's the easiest way um, for them. So although you want to scream that, you know, government is doing too much to take firearms away, um, the people who've purchased them lawfully um, should have no problem with taking the additional lawful step, if you already own them, of registering them. We know that the majority of lawful gun owners are not the bad guys. Right. That's not what we're saying, because law enforcement historically is known for... I mean, my husband still with the sheriff's office. He has more than one firearm, because he's got his off-duty one. He's got the one he works with. He's got to have the uh, AR-15 for work, because um, the sheriff's office has a rapid response team. So... We get it. Then you should have no issue with going that step further and being lawful. You're not going to. No one's going after you. It's a preventive measure um, and a way to know in case someone is identified as a threat. How now do you stop another mass shooting? How now do you prevent another suicide? That's what this is about. This isn't about attacking Anybody. This is about saving lives. Right. And and the idea, I heard someone talking from the NRA about, I think Illinois, uh, the Illinois NRA was talking about how this is a, a civil liberty, right? That the Second Amendment, again, choosing the words, you know, not the, right, well, I don't know why nobody ever... It, it, locks into the well-regulated militia part, but that's, you know, cast aside. And we do have regulations on the First Amendment. Libel, and you can't run into a theater and yell fire. You can't put people in danger that way. There is There are limits to it, you know? So I, I don't understand the, the cherry-picking. Well, I, well, you should understand it. Even as a parent, your own child picks and chooses what they want to hear when sure. you tell them to do something. It's the same thing. And once you believe in something, you're only going to look... For the stories, for the articles, for the conversation right. that supports what you believe. Sure. That's true. That's absolutely true. 
it's a it's a big battle. What are your thoughts on uh, what what are your thoughts on the mayoral race? By the way, you've run a campaign, uh, you've gone through the buzzsaw of what it means to put yourself out there publicly. Um, did you what what were your thoughts on uh, the latest kerfuffle from the mayor's office of sending out emails to teachers for CPS and the city of Chicago colleges? Yeah, okay. I I would imagine that whoever was. But that comes from being hands off too. You have to be like it was my first time, right? So I was in everything. Um, but doing that, not only did I learn a lot, but I knew what was going on and who was saying what, right. who was putting things on out there. So it's something that I'll continue to do. Remain very hands on, and I learned that from Clerk Martinez. She is very hands on with things that go out there. As much as we want to like fight back about certain things that are said about her or done about her. Oh, she tells us, yeah, and she tells us, don't engage. Foc- don't engage. I'm focused on doing the job I was elected to yeah. do. And, and that's what she tells us. And we're sitting back, and, but it's because she's involved. And I think that that's, that's the first mistake. The disconnect that she's been accused of being disconnected as the mayor. Right. And that's why we're where we're at. And now you're kind of disconnected from your campaign if you didn't realize that went out. <sighs> yeah, that's a rough one. But I also chuckle at some of the people attacking the mayor for that because they've done a lot of the same things using union members and sending emails to the teachers to ask students to participate and to help in their campaigns because it came from unions Mm -hmm. to teachers. Maybe that's the difference. Does that make it less wrong? Well, she, they're offering, they're offering, I don't know how they can offer class credit for that, or she's encouraging them to give them class credit. Yeah, I'm not sure how that works. But that's already been done. Yeah. I mean, in, in this past process of collecting signatures, um, some students received credit for helping as part of their, I don't know if it was their social science or their, you know, science in high school, but some of them received um, okay. credit for wow. helping. So that's why that, that's, I guess, the part that was confusing to me is I, I get you shouldn't be sending that stuff. Right. So that's a no, no. Don't be so disconnected from your campaign that you don't know people are making that big of a mistake. Yeah. Well, especially C- the CTU. I mean, the teachers. Are you kidding me? When you fought that hard to uh, on, on negotiations and the pandemic and yeah. all that stuff. Now, I know you didn't put this. I, I think you did put this on the list, though. But with um, I don't know if you saw the story. It, on, uh, I think it was Wood in uh, Woodlawn, right in the South Side, with the migrants that had been bused here from Texas, and uh, they were going to use a school. They were going to house uh, about five hundred people in a school that had been shut down, and there was a press conference, and someone said, uh, "Send them to Pills." and let their own people take care of them. And I was like, this is not great. This, I mean, I, and again, this is like our friend from Kankakee speaking from a place of frustration or whatever it is. Not great. Not great language. But, you know, what are your thoughts on uh, all these people that are being sent here? You know, how does the city respond to, to migrants and housing and things like that? Well, in, initially, I was really upset. As a Latina, I was upset to hear that. And I'm like, if I had said that, right? I would be called all sorts of things like right. that is not right. But then, like any adult mm-hmm. or public servant should be able to do, you put your personal feelings aside right. and you put yourself in the other person's shoes and you try to you listen to the words and you figure out where it's coming from. Right. I'm not angry anymore because where it's coming from is the failure of the city 
to provide the resources that that community needed for their own people and that they've been screaming for. Right. So they've been asking for all these services. Nothing's coming. And then all of a sudden they see services coming for someone else. So I would be now what I'm thinking, I'm like, I would be a little upset, too. So whose responsibility is it? Starts with the mayor's office and then the alderman. Right. The alderman of that area, it's their responsibility. Bring services in, right? To bring services, fight for your people. That's what you were elected for. And educate the community. Right. Because understanding the basic difference between the migrant and an immigrant, an illegal, someone who's here illegally and someone who's fleeing persecution. Right. Refugees, right. There's a difference. Educate your community. This is what they... This is who they are. This is what we're trying to do. This is what we should all be fighting for and resources for everyone. They're what what they're running from. And they're being placed in a school like I don't want to be in one room with 35 people in one bathroom. That is not comfortable. No, that is not what I would have chosen. Um, So I think the education has failed from to educate all of our communities on, on the difference in what these people are really fleeing and then failing to provide the resources that communities need is what's leading to this divisiveness and this language that yeah. people are using the way they're communicating. Like I said, that lady, I was angry when so I heard her sorry. say that. Yeah. But then when I stopped to think about it is, yeah, it's not her fault. She doesn't know everything. Right. Exactly. That's uh, uh, I was I had so many thoughts and then I came to that as well. We were hanging out with Carmen Navarro-Jacone, executive clerk for the clerk of the courts. Uh, she's also a former candidate for Cook County Sheriff. Let's take a break here and uh, we'll continue our conversation. When we get back. We're going to wind down in just a moment on Driving It Home with me, Patty Vasquez. We're here till seven. The Hal Sparks Radio Program. This is the week that Steve Bannon perp walked. Do you have a round of applause? Uh, I do. I do. I'll call them up. It'll take. That's not it. No, that's the sound of people seeing the spot on his forehead when he walks into the chair. That's not it either. That's the wrong one. Uh, that's the owning the libs meeting <laughs> call. He looked great. Yeah, yeah, he did, didn't he? He was wearing makeup. Hal Sparks, Saturdays from 11 to 1 on WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk. Because facts matter. You're listening to WCPT 820. Listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We are hanging out in studio with Carmen Navarro-Jacone. She is executive clerk with the clerk of the courts and a former candidate for... And I say, do I say, if I say it fast, I can get it wrong, right? I know. You've gotten it right every time you've said it today. <laughs> um, I want to hear... Let's go to uh, Roosevelt's quote, because I asked you off the air what you thought about uh, President Biden and the uh, news about finding more documents. Roosevelt, what do you want to say, my friend? Ladies, gentlemen. Oh, how are you? How are you doing, ladies? Hey, listen... Uh, I wanted to first. I wanted to mention what uh, and respond a little bit to what Dave said earlier that he that he said that uh, uh, the Republicans might get a hold of the Senate. Right. But, uh, however, what I've noticed in the past, let's say, three or four midterms, notice there's more women minorities coming in to the fold as far as the Democrats. You had the squad, and you had two ladies that were Muslim. And not to uh, keep on reminding people, more Latinas, and that's that's where it's at. Uh, More Latinas are coming into politics. 
to be specific, uh, are Delia Ramirez, the first Latina in the Midwest, I understand. So as time goes by, more and more women in general, not only Latinas, not only Muslims, African American and uh, Anglo Saxon. So as far as Dave, I think uh, the future is in the, the squad versus what the opposite. What's the opposite? Uh, do you think the future of the Republican Party is? It's only white. Green? Yeah, they're green. They're not. They're not oh, inviting other. I mean, it's it's very exactly. limited. You saw Sean Hannity, and he said, "I like seeing more diverse people in the House." And they panned around. It was all white I guys, like a couple. Yeah. A couple of yeah, Latinas, that. but that's about it. What do you want to say? I've, I've got. I've only got a couple minutes left. What do you want to say about uh, President Biden's documents? Okay, about President Biden's documents. Uh, be careful what you wish for, as far as uh, Trump and all these guys, because Biden has nothing to hide. Biden's a, a compulsive liar. Biden didn't. There you go. You know. Yep. Said thirty million, thirty thousand lies. Yep. So be careful what you wish for, because that's exactly what's going to happen. You know, Biden's going to be in the clear. And then then what are they going to say? They're going to say, well, it was all rigged. It was all, you know. Right. No, that's, that is a problem. Yeah. Once you yeah, yeah once you manipulate the, the truth. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah it, it's exactly. unfortunate. Thanks, Roosevelt. Uh, thank you. T- take care. We got one more call. And this one, I believe, is going to be for you as w- on this topic. Hey, Eduardo, what's on your mind? Hey, Patty, how you doing? Uh, I'm going to be at that travel show uh, this weekend, so hopefully everybody checks out that or the boat show at McCormick. Yeah, Jasmine, our friend Jasmine talked about the uh, boat show. Uh, go find her. Yep. Yep. Um, my comment, because uh, I know you're running up to the clock here, the police scanners, the encryption, um, I think it's a bad idea. I still got my Radio Shack uh, scanner. And I live in a police uh, fire neighborhood over here. Mm-hmm. I would like to let my brother know about which areas to stay away when he's coming in. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's a good way to, uh, you know, another good way to stop crime. And now they're going to encrypt that. I what, think it's a little ridiculous. What do you What do you thought? I remember I used to work at radio. I actually worked at Radio Shack, and I would play with the radio scanner and listen to the. But I mean, it's more of a thrill uh, yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Carmen. So it's um, two ways to look at it for me. Uh, as and actually for other law enforcement that I've, I've spoken to. So one thing is sometimes you're doing something or responding to something and you don't want everyone to know because it's an officer safety issue. So if it was the, if, if this encryption request was coming from the officers doing the work, I'd be a lot less skeptical. <laughs> um, as a mother, I, I would want to always have that because I have five children their range in age from 19 to 31. I have family that comes from out of state. And if my kid is out at a concert at the United Center and something happens, I want to be able to tell him, don't jump on the blue line home or don't take this way. So I have a different response as a parent um, than I do as a, uh, as law enforcement. But even as law enforcement, again, I'm divided because I understand the officer safety issue of, you know, the wrong people knowing what I'm responding to and where I'm going as opposed to where did it actually come from. And I don't believe that um, it was the law enforcement officers that asked that 
that be encrypted, correct? There you go. Yeah, I think it was the mayor, no, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. 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 I've got to run, Eduardo. That's the end of our show. Have a great night. Thank you, Patty. Carmen, have a good evening. Thank, thank you. You, thank you, you too. Stay safe. I've told Carmen she has to come back next week and uh, she'll have to dodge traffic. We'll have to figure out a route for her. It's, it's my fault because I don't do traffic anymore. Well, we can call Eduardo back for the yeah. scanner. Exactly. Have a great night, Carmen. Have a great night, everybody. Be happy, healthy, and safe. Lady B, thank you so much for everything. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Mike Creeps up next with the Devil's Advocates. Bye, everyone.